Welcome to Franklin Covey's Seven Habits Coach Series. I'm your host, Todd Davis, Executive Vice President and Chief People Officer at Franklin Covey. On this season of the Seven Habits Coach, we are talking with some of our expert consultants on how you can actually amplify your impact with the help of the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Today, I'd like to welcome one of our expert consultants and my good friend, Cameron Moon. Hey, Cameron. Hi, Todd. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate your time. So it's great to see you. Great to uh, be with you. Looking forward to our conversation. Well, I, I am as well. Hey, Cameron, start off with telling us, what was your initial introduction to the seven habits? Yeah, so my my father was a big Stephen Covey fan growing up, and I, I didn't realize it at the time, but many of the principles and ideas from the seven habits were a big part of the way I was raised. I remember uh, I, I, it was in junior high, sometime around seventh grade, which is everyone's favorite time of life. My father actually taped the graphic, the circle of concern, circle of influence graphic on my mirror, uh, intended to be a subtle reminder to, to uh, wasn't really that subtle, but as a reminder to, to focus my time and energy and thoughts on, on only the things I could control, right, on, and on my own reactions and, and uh, main, developing that space between stimulus and response. And so, you know, I, I was familiar with a lot of these ideas, but it wasn't until later as a teenager when I first read um, seven habits of highly effective teens, and, and that's when I realized where so many of these principles came from that uh, that were a big part of the way I was raised and, and a big part of uh, my upbringing. So, as uh, first introduction uh, as a teenager. Well, the next time when I, whenever I'm with a family member, one of my kids or siblings, and I start to say anything like, "Well, wait a minute, do you really have to do that? Or are you choosing to do yeah. that?" And they say to me, "And they say to me, hey, Dad, we don't need the Franklin Covey talk right now. I'm going to say, hey." One of my friends used to post actual models on his son's rearview mirror. <laughs> yeah, you, you can't you can't do worse than that. Yeah. Okay. So so that's that's great. Thank you for sharing that. How long have you actually been teaching the Seven Habits now? You know, it depends on on how you ask. Informally, uh, actually, since I was a teenager, I, I I guess like father like son, I I, I was impacted uh, by the Seven Habits deeply, and and I was um, uh, the the editor of the high school yearbook. Uh, when I was 17. And I actually, I forced the whole yearbook staff, the whole high school yearbook staff kind of uh, begrudgingly uh, to go through a full week of seven habits training that, that I taught. And I look back on that and, and cringe because uh, I can guarantee the, the teaching wasn't, wasn't all that great. But uh, so I, I, that was kind of the first opportunity that I had, though, to share some of these principles and some of these ideas uh, with others that had come to be so influential and, and uh, impactful in my life. And then later I did some volunteer service and, and in college and uh, continued to kind of teach it and share it informally. Formally, uh, I've been uh, teaching it for about eight years, first as a client partner uh, with Franklin Covey and for the last few years as a, as a senior consultant uh, working with our clients. Okay, that, that makes a lot of sense. And for those of you listening, uh, client partners, what we call our account executives here. But Cameron, that makes sense to know that at the age of 17, with that uh, with that high school uh, student body is where you got your start. And it's why, seriously, you're known as one of our experts, because it started at a very early age. That's 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 really cool to hear. Thank you so much. So So today, we're going to hone in specifically on habit two. And maybe to begin with, Cameron, I'd love to hear just your what would you like to us, us to initially know about habit two? I mean, what are some of the primary principles that, you know, you kind of really want to get under your belt when you're thinking about habit two, begin with the end in mind? 
So habit two is just what is that uh, what you just said? It's it's begin with the end in mind, rather than begin with nothing in mind, right? That's 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 the the uh, the antithesis. And I think there's there's a lot of different avenues and and things avenues we could go down and, and things we could talk about. I think you know as I try to boil it down to really the key concepts uh, within habit two, I, I think there's three. The first is the idea of a, a mental and physical creation, that everything in life, for everything in life, there are two creations. There's the mental creation where we imagine it. We imagine what might be possible. The analogy that we sometimes uh, use to think about this is, is if you're building a home or if you've done any kind of construction or home renovation project, you've got blueprints that show what the finished project is is going to look like, right? And that, that kind of represents the mental creation that if whatever, you know, whatever it might be, you, there's a specific goal that you want to achieve, or maybe it's just kind of generally the life that you want to live to take the time and imagine that to build that out in your mind and think about what do you want your life to look like? Or what is it going to take? What is it going to require of you to accomplish this goal, whatever it may be? So that's the, that's the mental creation. And then there's the physical creation. There's the actual going out and accomplishing the goal, or there's the actual going out into life and showing up every day and doing it and making it happen. So I, I think that's principle number one. Second is the idea of living life intentionally, living life with intention. Dr. Covey used to talk about uh, living life by design rather than just letting life happen to you. And, you know, it's kind of the next natural progression or that next step from once you've identified the mental creation or once you've created that vision of what you want your life to be or what the goal is or whatever the end in mind is, then every day you you live to you, you go out and, and, and live in accordance to make that happen. Right. You you identify the values that are important to you, that the, the values that you want to have be some of the defining things of your life. Well, it means you go out and live by those values rather than just kind of being along for the ride. And, and you know, I, I was saying, well, I, I can't, there's so much I can't control. So I'm, I'm just kind of here for the ride and, and we'll see what happens. As pleasant and easygoing as that sounds, it's very unlikely to have you end up or, or to, to leave you where you really want to be. So before you, go on, go before you go on to the next one, then I, I love that. And 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 when you said the phrase easygoing rather than it, I just wondered about what about spontaneity? If if I take so much time to plan out my life, which, you know, makes sense. Do I do I am I spontaneous at all? Do I do I lose all the fun? Yeah, that's such a great question. And, and I, I, as I work with clients and, and do coaching and, and uh, things like that, I, I have people um, often bring up that idea of, well, you know, I want to leave some options open. I, I want to be open to opportunities that might come that way. And having an end in mind or, or creating that mental creation and living life intentionally certainly doesn't mean that we are closing ourselves off or ourselves off to uh, spontaneity or to new opportunities. Uh, but in fact, I think it actually helps us do exactly the opposite. I think if we can define, um, you know, what we want our life to look like and the person that we want to be and the things that we want to do, then actually defining what it is we want to be and do helps us look for opportunities that maybe we other we wouldn't otherwise see. It helps us, you know, be looking for other people that we admire and qualities that we want to to emulate uh, that 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 they might have. So, you know, 
habit two, beginning with the end in mind or, or specifically living life by design or living life intentionally does not mean that you live this rote scripted life. But mm -hmm. it, in, in fact, it, 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 it means that you, you're working towards something that for you is very clear, but it provides you the opportunity to uh, pivot and shift and look for new opportunities or maybe change things along the way um, that, uh, that as, as they come. Okay. As you're saying that, I can actually see it. It almost frees you up. If you have that plan, it almost frees you up to have more of those kinds of opportunities in your life rather than hold you down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well said. Okay. Really helpful. Any other key, key takeaways that you think of, you know, mental creation precedes the physical creation, living life by, by design or deliberately and any other like major things that you say, gosh, this comes to mind whenever I think of, of habit two. Yeah. The, the third is, 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 uh, the sometimes grueling, uh, I'm going to call it grueling, uh, but important practice of creating and crafting a personal mission statement. And I say it's grueling because, you know, it, Speaking autobiographically, just I know for myself, creating a mission statement was a little bit challenging. It, it, initially for me, it, it was a little bit overwhelming. I liked the idea of a mission statement, which is that you, you put pen to paper or you put words to screen and you actually create some kind of document that serves as essentially your own personal constitution. And it might be, you know, several paragraphs long. It might be just a few words. There's not really any formal form or format that a mission statement needs to take. It's, it's up to you, uh, the individual, but it should be something that for you is deeply meaningful and provides direction and purpose and, and is, is filled with, you know, even if it's just three words, those three words should each be filled with meaning so that when you reach a crossroads in your life or when you have maybe an opportunity come your way that you weren't anticipating or there's an opportunity to be spontaneous, uh, that you have this document that you've taken the time uh, and, and made the sacrifice to, to identify what is it that you want to be and, what, and who is it that you want to be and what is it that you want to do. And you can use that as a tool as you make decisions, as maybe a new, you know, maybe there's a new job opportunity that comes your way that you weren't really planning on, but there's some things about it that, that are compelling, at least on the surface. Well, a mission statement allows you to kind of center yourself and reconnect with, okay, what are the things that really are important to me? And based off of that, then that helps me decide, do I take this job? Do I not take this job? Do I move to that new city or should I stay here? Right? So, so uh, mental and physical creation, live life by design, live life by intention, and craft a personal mission statement. I would say those are the three kind of key ideas uh, within Habit 2. That's great. That's great. On that last point, this mission statement, as you were talking, it it reminds me or it teaches me that, that when I have these opportunities come up, it's kind of this quick check to say, is this in line with who I've really decided I want to be or where I want to go in life? And and uh, kind of this, this center line that I can keep coming back to. Yeah. If I can share a, a quick story about that and, and um, uh, just just build off of that, I remember at one point in my career, you know, I, I was doing a job that I liked, but I didn't love. Um, and it was making a, a decent amount of money. And, and you know, it, it was relatively things were kind of humming along. And I remember driving home one day and I had a, a long commute at that time and, and thinking, is this really what I want to be doing? 
Uh, and I, I went home that night uh, and I took out my mission statement and, and, and read what I had written. And, and it had been, you know, a, a few weeks or maybe even a couple months that I, since I had reviewed that. I'm a little embarrassed to say. But, you know, for me, it, it was this moment of clarity that, that allowed me to center my thoughts and, and allowed me to realize, you know what, I don't think that what I'm doing right now is going to get me where I want to be. And it didn't mean that I went to work the next day and quit my job. I didn't. But it did mean that I started looking for different opportunities and I started talking to other people and I started considering, you know, what else might I be able to do? Uh, and, and that's that's really the power of uh, a mission statement that that it, it just it serves as kind of that that northern light uh, or, or maybe that's the wrong analogy, but but kind of that guiding light uh, yeah. for your life. It's great. Great story. Great example. Thank you for sharing that. So before we wrap up here, then taking these great points you've you've called out into consideration, how could someone use habit to and use these principles that you've talked about to really amplify their impact in their professional or in their personal lives? Yeah, I've been thinking about that idea. I love that phrase, this idea of amplifying your impact. I think the seven habits as a whole is such a powerful framework for doing just that, for helping an individual clarify what's the contribution that I'm going to make and how can I do that, right? The seven habits all uh, are, are so powerful, but specific for habit two, um, forgive me if I can if I can maybe share two other personal stories to kind of illustrate sure. how how uh, habit two uh, can allow might allow someone to amplify their impact to do just that. I, I remember in the very early days of my career, kind of my first formal, real grown up salary job. Uh, I, I remember. Uh, those, those years well. And, and I remember feeling at times uh, a great deal of anxiety around just my career in general and thinking about, you know, these questions along the lines of, is this the job that I want? Am I on the right track? Is this the company I want to work for? Am I doing something that matters? I, I think especially in kind of that first part of your career, but, but even at other times, I think it's easy sometimes to feel uh, like you're just a small cog in a large machine. And, and that, you know, sometimes you, you, you play a small role in something that will go on with or without you. And I remember voicing some of these concerns and, and anxieties to my leader at the time and, and expressing some of these insecurities. And he started asking me some questions. He started asking me things like, well, what do you want to accomplish in your career? What, what specific things do you want to do? And what experiences do you want to have? And do you want to be a leader? Or do you want to be a manager at some point? Or is that something that's not important to you? And, and uh, you know, the, these kind of more pointed, specific questions. And these were questions I hadn't really thought of uh, somewhat embarrassingly. I knew that I wanted to be good at my job and I knew that I wanted to do something that I enjoyed. And, and uh, but but that's, that's kind of where my thinking stopped. And so this manager, this leader I was talking to, uh, he was my boss at the time. He, he pulled out a marker and started drawing on his office whiteboard and he drew this timeline. And there were different, he started drawing different marks on, on this horizontal timeline. And, and the different marks represented kind of benchmark ages. And he said, when I, early in my career, I did this and I encourage you to do the same. And he said, I, at the beginning of my career, I identified some certain things and experiences I wanted to do. For example, remember he said, by the time I was 25, I wanted to have identified a formal mentor and actually asked someone to be my mentor. And by the time I was 30, 
I wanted to have an experience living abroad. I wanted to have an experience living in another country. And by the time I was 40, I wanted to have had an experience of being a sales leader. And by the time I was 50, I wanted some kind of executive experience. And there were also some personal benchmarks and personal accomplishments that, uh, that he wanted to uh, accomplish. And that wasn't necessarily his mission statement specifically, but it was that idea, you know, it, it was part of the mental creation. It was that idea of identifying more, you know, of going beyond saying, well, I want to be good at my job and I want to do something I like going, going several steps deeper than that and actually identifying what experiences are important to you. There were some, there were some, uh, some certain salary benchmarks that, that he wanted to hit that for him were important. And, and maybe that's not important to you or, or to everyone, but you know, that idea of identifying what do you want to do? What experiences do you want to, uh, have had? And, and, for me, that was a really impactful uh, experience in identifying what's the contribution I want to make and how, how can I go about doing that so that I can amplify my, um, uh, amplify my impact. Great. That's, no, that's a great story. You mentioned you had two stories. We're about out of time, but if it's another quick story, I'd love yeah, to hear it. I'll, I'll, I'll tell it quickly. Several years later, actually, kind of going back to that first story I told uh, where where I, I decided maybe it was time to start looking for uh, for another uh, job. So uh, a few months after that, there was an opportunity that had come up, and I I was torn. I wasn't sure what to do, and and uh, I I was talking to a colleague at the time, and I was sharing. You know, I, there's some things about this that are compelling, but I like my colleagues. I love what I'm doing. I I, I love my colleagues. I don't necessarily love what I'm doing, but uh, you know, just kind of expressing some. Uh, some uh, confusion, right? And and she she started talking about. Uh, she she said, um, what did she say? She said, what is it specifically that you want to? What's the specific contribution you want to make? And then she said this really bold statement, and she said, I will be an executive officer uh, at a at a publicly traded company. She said, I hope it's the company that I'm at right now, but if it's not, then it will be somewhere else. But I will be in an executive role at a publicly traded company. And I remember being a little taken aback by the boldness of that statement. But she went on to explain that in identifying what she wanted to be and what she wanted to do, it helped her determine what she needed to do now. And I think that's one of the, you know, sometimes we overlook this, the, 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 this is something that Habit 2 helps us do that, yes, it's about creating vision and it's about creating that mental creation and identifying where you want to go. But once you've identified where you want to go, the power of Habit 2 and one of the most powerful ways it can help you amplify your impact is that it gives you direction in the day to day. It helps you identify, OK, if I want to run a marathon next year, then I better start running two or three miles today. Right. I, if I want to be there, then I better start doing this today. And I think that it, that's that's really powerful that we sometimes overlook. One of the things Habit 2 can help us do is give us that day to day direction in addition to kind of that long term vision. Great, great lesson. Great lessons. Karen, thank you so much for your time. This has been very insightful. Really appreciate that you would take the time out to join us here. And thanks to all of you for joining us. For more information or for additional resources, please go to our website at franklincovey.com. Thanks again, Cameron. Thank you, Todd.